Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Hour number two, right here, right now. Happy to be with you on Two Tell Nuanas. Thanks for being with us at SWX Television. Outstanding to be with everybody everywhere. If you'd like to call, 329-1899 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Regis Brothers RV phone line. And if you're hunkered down in your house, your basement, well, get yourself on the uh, World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You can listen live on the stream the website all the time stream is available thanks to opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity uh coulter oh i know you want to talk some transfer portal stuff here yeah. well i guess we we got jeff linder scheduled in the next segment well, no, as well. we'll we'll talk about him here too because we'll talk we'll, we'll get to Leon Leon costello. costello as well okay, so, so, we'll, so we'll get i want to I wanna talk about linder first yes. because i want to frame this through first of all jeff linder i was at northern colorado for four years he did a tremendous job yes, he did i think that the number one thing you could say about Linder is that people forgot that Northern Colorado was in a absolute state of disarray when he took that job over. World of hurt. Tad Boyle built Northern Colorado and then had that great 25-win season the last year before he went to Colorado. They lost in the Big Sky Championship game that year. I can't remember to who, but they were certainly supposed to win the Big Sky Championship. They were the regular season champs. Then they got upset, but Tad Boyle then takes that success, goes to Colorado, he's got the buffs rolling. B.J. Hill takes over that job. And the next year, B.J. Hill takes a phenomenal player, one of the best players of the decade, Devin Beitzel, probably the best player with the exception of Andre Spite and Jordan Davis that Northern Colorado's had since joining the Big Sky, and they ride it all the way to the tournament. So B.J. Hill then had a lot of house money to play with because he made it to the NCAA tournament in his first year. Well, they were solid after that, but if you ever watched B.J. Hill coach talk about a uh, a rough guy, I mean, he was he berated and and yelled at his players more than any coach that I've seen in the league. And that's saying something because there's been some screamers and yellers. Yes, there have been. But B.J. Hill, though, then it came to a head with, because it's in Greeley and the Greeley Tribune has basically forfeited its sports section and before forfeiting its sports section had declined to cover Northern Colorado, period. They had prioritized preps before then cutting the sports section altogether. That in itself is a whole radio segment. I don't even want to go down that road. But it didn't get probably the coverage that it deserved. They had like a massive scandal going on in Northern Colorado. They were filtering guys through a junior college online, but people were taking their tests for them. So they had just massive false eligibility for every guy that there was a tr- junior college transfer coming into their program or 
guys that were four-year guys taking junior college classes to get eligible, not even taking Northern Colorado classes. That's a, a ridiculous scandal that didn't really yeah, get a lot of play. That's not a near miss on no, the eligibility. No, 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 no. That, is, that is a miss-miss. And they were banned. NCAA filed. They are banned from postseason play. B.J. Hill swiftly fired. So Linder took over a program that couldn't even go to the postseason. And he broke it all the way down, but he got his one stud. He got Jordan Davis. And that was a great recruiting job by him. Jordan Davis went on to become the second all-time leading scorer in the history of the league. Then he gets his second stud, Andre Spite. And he gets Jordan Davis to buy in and be the number two guy for that on that team. And then they go on and they go all the way and they win the CIT, the first Big Sky team to ever win a postseason tournament. And then the last two years, finished second in the league. I know they got upset last year, but it would have been interesting to see what they would have done in the tournament this year. Yeah, Three 20-win seasons in the history of Northern Colorado before this year, three 20-win seasons in a row under Jeff Linder. All that said, Jeff Linder comes from – uh, he he was at Ray, he was at Weber State with Ray Ray and then he was at Boise State with Leon Rice so he does have some chops in terms of the coaching trees that he comes from. But my question for you is this: Yeah, first of all, Wyoming's not a, the same caliber of job as a lot of the jobs that Travis DeCure has been mentioned for. No doubt, Travis DeCure has been in the same breath for jobs. That I mean, it, it's not in the same caliber of jobs as a lot of jobs in its own conference. You know, in in, in the it's, it I is, mean, but well. Let's bring David in on this for a second, because okay. actually, David David is a guy who went to Wyoming. What did the, what, he's a Pope. Wyoming has actually been pretty darn good well, in basketball until who, the last couple of years. Who went to Wyoming? Who's the great? I mean, Larry, Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance, most yeah. recently, and then they have that other kid, Josh, what was his name? Justin James, and he was an awesome scorer, too. I mean, David, didn't Wyoming flirt in the top 25 a couple years in a row there? They were in the top 25 when Larry Nance Jr. was there. Right, right. They're pretty good. And so, I mean, in your mind, David, where does Wyoming rank in terms of Mountain West jobs right now? Right now, Wyoming is the absolute worst job in the Mountain West. They've only, they haven't managed to win 10 games each of the last two seasons. But given their tradition and everything like that, they're probably around the middle of the conference, I'd say. Right. It's a pretty good job. Yeah. And they do have tradition. And that goes, and if you want, and if you're looking to learn more about why, plug, go listen to. The Grizz Greats with Jim Brandenburg, because Jim Brandenburg was here at the University of Montana and then went to Wyoming and was probably... Jim Brandenburg is the best coach in program history at Wyoming. There, there you go. go. I was going to say probably, but you affirmed it. The best coach in the history of the program. So, but my question for you, though, is this. First of all, I think we both understand that Travis DeCure is a much different type of coach than Jeff Linder for a lot of reasons. He's, no, not, no. he's not a program builder. He's a next-level guy. He takes yeah. a program and takes it to the next level. But I just find it an interesting dynamic where... Linder took over a program in disarray, and he's in and out in four years because he took over a program in disarray. You do something that's never happened before, three straight 21 seasons, you're a hot name. Yeah. How much do you think what has come before him impacts Travis DeCure, both positively and negatively? Because five twenty, I mean, the Grizz probably would have gotten to 20 wins this year. There would have been five 21 seasons in the last six. But that's kind of just the bar at Montana. Here's the thing. When it comes to, to Travis DeCure and, and a, the next job that he might have, I, I have no idea. We, we've heard all the rumors and places that have been swirling of, of jobs that he's been considered for, maybe been talked to about or talked to others about or whatever. We don't know the specifics of all that, and, and that's fine. There is absolutely no question, Coulter, no question, that, that, that Travis DeCure has had the opportunity 
right. to go places that he has chosen to not go. Doesn't even really listen. It do- doesn't listen, whatever. He- the Colorado State job, for example, a couple of years ago, his name was floated, and I think he, he gave them a brief interview and said, you know, I wanted to interview you, basically, and I'm not I'm, interested. I'm good. And, you know, reportedly, you know, he's, you know, his statement, his, uh, you know, take on it is took his name out of the hat also at Cal uh, when when that job was open. All I'm saying is there are for sure jobs that maybe even jobs that he never even spoke to anybody about, but that if he had pursued, he would have 100 percent been hired and taken for that job. Travis Secure said something to us pretty early on, you know, I mean, maybe three, four years ago that has stuck with me. He said, I'm never going to lose 20 games. I'm never going to lose 20 games. No interest. Is which, I think he said, I have no interest in losing yeah. 20 games. And, and what does that mean? It means there's a lot of places you won't go. Because I, I'll tell you something. If you go to Wyoming today, you're going to lose 20 games. Like you're going to, even if you're building the thing up, if you go to Washington State right now, I mean, it, you are, it, it's going to be some time before you get it to where you want it to be. And so that is something that he is just not interested in by and large. And to this point, he has stuck to that. David, I have another question for you. A lot of times when guys take jobs like this, and we've seen this in the big sky too. Like Jeff Linder, for example, when he took the Northern Colorado job, he had Jordan Davis in his back pocket. Right. He had a connection with Jordan Davis's AAU coach in Las Vegas. I think that Jordan Davis probably would have gone a lot of places with with Jeff Linder. If Linder would have gotten a job, he might have gone to Boise State. If Linder would have stayed there, or he right. might he went within the Northern Colorado. I think it's easier to get a guy like Jordan Davis, like a a three and a half star recruit. Let's let's yeah. call him. To have that guy be an instant impact player in in the big sky, but David, if if Jeff Linder has a guy in his back pocket, how good does that guy have to be for them to be just right away a middle of the league team in the Mountain West? I mean, if you took Saeed Pridget off of Montana and put him in the Mountain West, he'd probably be one of the top fifteen players in the conference. So you need a guy that's at least that good to carry you. But he's got to be that good now, right? He can't be that good yeah. in, as a senior. He's got to be, you know, maybe you get a trans, or there's transfer one in, right? Kid, there's one kid, I, I'm forgetting his name, on the team, but he's a flat-out scorer in the mold of Justin James that possibly Linder could, you know, put his magic touch on. We'll see. But it would be interesting to know if Linder has somebody that he is excited about or expecting to go with him in terms of a player recruit you know, to Wyoming and in that area. He, uh, was, he was asked on his conference call if he was going to do that, and he's, he said that due to NCAA, potential NCAA violations, I guess he got really familiar with them at Northern Colorado. He wasn't going <laughs> to speak on them. Right. Well, it's also weird now, too. You go, and what's the first thing you want to do? You want to make a call to every single person, every single kid you know. But we're in a dead period right now because of all this, right? Am I right about this? To like April 15th or something that coaches, there's no recruiting going on right now, right? I believe that's true, yes. Yeah. So I mean, it's certainly true for football. It's kind of an awkward space to be in. Maybe it's a good space to take a new job, and nobody's out ahead of you, so to speak, right now. I, I don't know. I don't know how you view it. Well, there's also, I mean, Jeff Linder has those great ties in the Bay Area as well, which was the main reason why he was able to be the primary recruiter to get Damian Lillard to Weber State. 2 tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio.
I think we could all agree if Jeff Linder has a Damian Lillard caliber player in his back pocket, then Wyoming's going to be just They're going to be very good. That's right. Uh, Carl Tyler Chevrolet, home of the lifetime powertrain warranty that lasts for as long as you own your vehicle, op- owned and operated since 1986. is Carl Tyler Auto Group. Uh, quickly, we're going to get to uh, uh, Leon Costello, the athletic director at Montana State, uh, here in just a moment. But Coulter wanted to just quickly mention the the folks that are transferring out. And let's start two guys from Montana State uh, from the men's basketball team transferring. Zeke Quinlan, is that right? And uh, and Austin Gilliford. I, w- I when when Zeke Quentin Gilliford. Zeke Quinlan. Sorry, Quentin sorry, Quentin Gilliford. Gilliford. Yep. Zeke Quinlan, when he first showed up at Montana State, Coulter. And the first time I first couple of times I saw him play, I said, "Whoa, this kid looks like he." I mean, give him a year or two, and he's I mean, going to be eight, he's six eight two forty, and he can play facing the basket and athletic and everything yeah, like right. that. I mean, he's a forward, not a center, and at six eight two forty, that makes him have absolutely elite size. And he never, he just never really played, and he he, he had figure out some the limits. He, and, couldn't, he and, couldn't figure out the offensive side. He knew how to play hard. Yeah. He didn't know how to play under control. He knew how to function on defense because he's athletic and big. Yeah. But he just really didn't. He could never find the flow individually offensively. I don't think he really grasped the concepts. Brian or... Fish's offense was very, very complicated. Yeah. I think that he was treading water right away under that. And then they bring in a completely different offense, which is a completely point guard oriented offense. And the spot that Zeke Quinlan had to play in that offense is probably the most irrelevant part because the whole offense was Harold Frey with the ball in his hands. If Devin Kirby's in the game, you're running ball screens. If not, or sometimes even if Devin Kirby is in the game, you're throwing the ball to Jabril Bello. Yeah. The next option is Amin Adamo. Everybody get out of the way, see what he can do. The guy that was playing the kind of the three spot, it never really got much of a chance to do anything. It was. It, it, it is sort of. It's. It must be a system thing because when I, you know, the first time you watch it, you go, "Wow, look, this guy is going to be. This guy is a player. Like he's he's really athletic, very good." And frankly, you have the same thing. You and I both said the same thing about Yagi Selchuk, who was also transferred from the University of Montana. He's no longer uh, uh, with the Grizzlies. In fact, I don't believe was even suited up, was even on the bench for the last couple of games of the season. Uh, And he's a guy who, if you watch Yagi Selchuk play in practice, you go, wait till he's eligible. Look at what's going to happen. And and that never really materialized. Well, this is, I don't want this to be a kids should just stick with it these days. I think this is a, 360 degree problem yeah the coaches need to have more patience the kids need to have more commitment and I I just I don't understand why when you decide you just don't like a guy you just get rid of him I think that you should bring him in and Yagi Selchuk if you didn't live up to what your expectations were for him as a freshman who cares look at the guy just work with him yeah. See if he can turn a corner. I just think that the one and done, and I don't know what the situation is. I don't know if sure. it's a mutual parting of you ways. You always assume, I mean, who knows? There's always pres- presumably stuff that is, well, not presumably, certainly things that have gone on that are going on that, that people don't know about. No doubt. And you, and you can never overestimate the lifestyle part of this thing, too. Right. I mean, the kid's from Istanbul, Turkey. He initially came to go to school in Towsend, which is in Maryland, which in itself is a culture shock, but probably... A significantly less culture shock being on the East Coast in a highly populated area than it is to come to Montana. I mean, that's yeah. a very different thing. Yeah, Istanbul, I believe, is pretty big. I mean, Montana State had a kid named <laughs> Sarp Gabelaglu who was a great shooter, but he was a Turkish kid too. And he just had a terrible time yeah. adjusting to Montana. And he liked basketball, and he actually liked playing for fish. He just couldn't adjust 
the school system, it, it's just the way that education works is hard. Yeah. I mean, not everybody could be Harold Frey. I even if you read the story I just wrote on Harold Frey at SkylineSportsMT.com, about half of it is about English. It's about the English language. So I asked Harold, I said, You have been the most articulate kid that I've covered this last four years, and this is not even your first language. And he said, Well, we do learn English in Norway, but only in English class. So he said, My biggest adjustment was learning psychology and science and math in, in English. English. Right. That's hard. Right. But he also talked about how he's been obsessed with the NBA since he was a little kid and how the only NBA coverage he could find was in English. That mm. taught him English at a much higher level. But I think I just don't think you can underestimate how frustrating it would be to be going to school and trying to balance the workload of being a student athlete and go to class, especially at a school like Montana State. If the classes are in a – I mean, imagine trying to take – Mechanical engineering 303 when it's in a different language. That's hard enough when you know the language. I mean, that that's a dumb question to ask me, okay? I can't imagine taking anything that starts with mechanical at the front of it. But I think that the number one thing with these two guys leaving the program now is now with the graduation of Layden Ricketts and Harold Frey, the transfer of Zeke Quinlan and, and uh, Quentin Guilford, you only have... Amin Adamu and Jabril Bello. I mean, that's kind of the show right now. Right, but I'm talking, you only have Devin Kirby as a guy who played for Brian Fish. Oh, right. Oh, oh, Everybody else is new. Uh, Granted, Bello and Adamu were actually Fish recruits. Yeah. But they were more Chris Haslam recruits. Haslam was the head assistant under Fish and now Sprinkle. Haslam has that great Euro connection because he's from the UK, but he also has the great Wyoming connection because he played at the University of Wyoming, but then also... Coach junior college basketball there, and he has all those connections with all those Wyoming yeah. JCs. So there was a, a natural bridge there. But I think that it shows that Danny Sprinkle is not scared and not worried about overturning his roster right away. I mean, now he's going to have a roster that's all his going into year two. That's that's a it's interesting to say the least. No doubt. Stutel Nuanis, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. If you missed anything in this show, check it out on the podcast. Podcast available. Wherever you get your podcast, rate, subscribe, review, and listen because you got the time. You know, why not? It's brought to us by Blackfoot Communications. Quick break on the other side, the athletic director, Montana State University, Leon Costello. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Welcome back. It's Tutel and Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this very nice Thursday afternoon. Now, here's the deal. If you were with us yesterday, 
we had a uh, a crash in the studio early on, and it kind of wiped out everything that we had set up to do. We had the opportunity yesterday, and we we're very appreciative of it to uh, interview uh, the athletic director of Montana State, Leon Costello, to talk to us about all kinds of things. And yesterday, if you recall, was the day that officially the Big Sky Conference canceled, didn't suspend, but canceled spring sports. Okay, so they are no longer happening. And so we uh, talked about that as well as a number of other things, both conference wide and then institutionally uh, about Montana State with with Leon Costello. But it is from yesterday. It's worth noting, though, that the championships and the scheduled games were canceled. But all spring activities are still under an indefinite suspension, but not cancellation. That's important. That's practices and spring Football yeah. practice may come back. The spring games are done. Yeah. No spring scrimmages. But Montana had made it through about half of spring practice. Bobby Huck decided to start a lot earlier. Yeah. They started the first Monday of March, I believe. And Jeff Choate was not scheduled to start until April 30th. Or excuse me, March 30th. So we'll see, though, because if the suspension of activity gets la- lifted... We might have not only spring football practice, but you might have practice in other sports as well that's just not moving towards competition. Right, right. So there's there's going to be no on-the-field track, whatever you want to talk about, competition in the spring. But that doesn't mean that practices for future sports may not resume at some point. But anyway, that all came out yesterday as did this interview with the athletic director uh, from Montana State, Leon Castillo. Thanks to him uh, for joining us. Here you go. We go now to the Regis Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in the athletic director of the Montana State Bobcats, Leon Costello. And, Leon, thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I know it's been uh, a pretty much a whirlwind this last week or so, and the announcement coming down today that all spring sports officially canceled uh, by the Big Sky Conference, but also some suspensions in terms of just team uh, uh, practices and things like that. Will you explain that for us a little bit? We understand, I guess, that the competition's being canceled, but maybe there's some other things that could take place at individual schools. What's going on there? Yeah, so uh, obviously the, the Big Sky canceling competitions and basically the spring seasons uh, kind of speaks for itself. Uh, the uh, And we've suspended practice and workouts um, until further notice for, for all Big Sky schools. But I think the, the most important thing here is um, we are able to still engage with our student athletes, whether they're here or they're remote, and and provide them with services um, as they you know finish out the academic portion uh, of this spring semester. And so for us, it's things like uh, online or WebEx tutoring or um, services that our academic uh, counselors provide, whether they're going to be remote, you know, via phone or text, or email or WebEx or here in person, we're, we're just limiting, uh, you know, the, the in-person uh, visits where we're saying by appointments only, and that way we can reduce the amount of uh, uh, individuals that are in our facilities so we can still adhere to the uh, protocols set forth by the health officials, um, but also just telling them that, hey, get a hold of us because we still want to help you uh, while you're going through your, your academic journey. And then, uh, yeah, and then the, the ADs will, will reevaluate kind of where – uh, the virus trends are, the numbers are going. Um, as of right now, workouts and, and practices are suspended, but uh, we'll revisit that down the road here in a couple of weeks just so we can provide ourselves maybe with some flexibility um, on where we go in the future. But yeah, as of right now, we're shut down. 
According to the release, uh, you know, this was kind of this was a unanimous vote from the president's council. And I'm wondering where the line of communication or influence for the athletic directors comes in. Is it between, you know, individual institutions where where you and Wadad Cruzado maybe get together and talk about what you think is the best way to go and ultimately then they vote on it? But where where does your role as an AD fit into all of this? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, We've gotten together on on, on a couple different phone calls as athletic directors. Um, and then we, we definitely make recommendations to the president's council is what, is what it's called. It's kind of the way the, uh, the governance structure works, uh, within the Big Sky Conference. So, uh, the presidents had a, had a call. And then after their call, they, they, they kind of passed, uh, some of the, the bucks, uh, the ADs and say, okay, we're the practitioners. We're the ones dealing with this on a daily basis. They wanted recommendations from us on, on what to do moving forward because it impacts our business that we're involved in day to day. And so yesterday we had two calls, uh, by, you know, the four o'clock call. We had recommendations we sent back to the big sky. They had a phone call here this morning at 10 o'clock and voted, voted unanimously. I can tell you the ADs voted unanimously for what the presidents voted on unanimously here this morning, uh, as well. So that's kind of how it works. Uh, uh, the, the presidents want to be informed, but uh, at the end, the presidents are ultimately making the decision. So in terms of the financial side of this, one thing that I think's gotten lost in the shuffle, you guys were ha- hosting the national championship ski uh, meet for both Alpine and, and Nordic, and that had to get canceled kind of right in the middle of things. So I'm sure that's a hit. But, uh, I mean, what's the how does this impact your budgeting and the way that you uh, the financial impact this is going to have on the athletic department I know that's not ne- nearly the revenue that a football or basketball game might have but still probably some hosted track meets and things that aren't going to happen so how does that impact Montana State specifically yeah you know we're, we're, we're still waiting to, to figure out how, how this is all going to fall into place um, I think the as you guys know the largest impact is going to be felt um, with what decisions are made at the NCAA levels as far as the impact of the NCAA basketball tournament because that's where a majority of our, our money comes from that the NCAA gives to uh, member institutions comes from that uh, that TV contract. And so, you know, we're still waiting to see kind of where that goes. But, yeah, there's definitely some, uh, some other impacts that we're going to feel here. We're going to feel it because we're not traveling, but we're also going to feel it because, uh, you know, we maybe had spent some money uh, for things that were coming up and we're working with either travel agencies or or different places to see um, about what the refunds and credits kind of look like. And so I think that's going to be a work in progress to see what it actually means at the end of the day. But uh, there's a lot of things right now that are that are still up in the air as, as you look at financials. You mentioned some of that revenue sharing that has to do with the NCAA tournament. Was there a similar revenue structure, maybe not attached to TV, but attached to ticket sales for the Big Sky Conference tournament? And if so, does that hurt you guys financially? Well, there's revenue shares tied to the Big Sky based on, you know, NCA and, and, and everything. So, yeah, for sure, um, there's there's going to be impacts there. And, you know, the one thing, I, you know, we haven't talked about, haven't heard of, heard from is, you know, what's going to happen for the people that, uh, you know, that purchase tickets uh, to the Big Sky Conference Tournament that, you know, especially for on the men's side, they didn't get to see any games. Um, and on the women's side, you know, still had the championship game left and, uh, you know, we're still waiting to, to kind of sift through all of all of that information to see where that's going to fall as well. So uh, there's just a lot of things right now that are that are still up in the air. And 
And I'm glad they're taking a backseat because really our focus right now is on how do we handle the things that are going on on campus, that are going on in our communities. How do we take care of our student athletes, our coaches, and our programs, and our you know kind of in our staff? Uh, how can we make sure that that's in a good place? And I think the other things uh, will work themselves out as we uh, move into the latter parts of the semester. Leon Costello, the athletic director of Montana State, joining us. Leon, you mentioned the welfare of the student-athletes. There's athletes from all over the country as well as athletes from all over the world that participate in athletics at Montana State. With this being spring break and classes being put on hold and now no spring sports, is there a plan for these kids? Do they have to leave campus? Or, I mean, what's the situation like just from a living perspective for a lot of these kids that come from far away? Yeah, you know, well, I think far away and even the ones that are that are here, but they're currently not here because it is spring break. And so... Uh, as of right now, um, you know, campus is still open. Uh, residence halls are still open. Uh, we have a dining hall that is still available um, and is doing carry-out food. Um, so all the services that they need when they're on campus are still being provided to them. Uh, you know, we are, we are taking the approach that uh, since we are going to remote learning here on March 23rd when classes resume after spring break, we are providing as much information from the university uh, and our state, local, and federal officials to our student-athletes that are either here or not here uh, for them to make the best decision uh, for themselves as they possibly can. And I, we're going to have some student-athletes that are going to choose to stay where they are. We're going to have some student-athletes that are going to choose to stay on campus, and we may have some student-athletes that, choose to, that are on campus that may choose to leave. And so our job right now is to provide them with as much information to make the best decision that they can make in their certain situation. And every every one of those situations is different, and so uh, we're here to support them in any way that we possibly can uh, throughout this entire uh, transition. It's a terrible word to use, but really a, a transition from normal campus living to kind of remote learning. You know, Leon, as we do transition into sort of a new normal in a lot of realms of life, for you, as the AD, like within the context of what you do at Montana State, what what is your day-to-day going to look like over the next week, two weeks, and months? I know a lot of that is probably very much unknown, but you kind of enter this sphere where it feels like, well, now it's kind of just the waiting game. Find out what's going on and, and, and see if we can wait this thing out. But what, what are the next steps or things that you have are tasked with at MSU? Uh, you know, I think one is, making sure we gather as much information as we possibly can um, and really kind of decipher that information uh, to make sure our student athletes, our staff, our coaches understand, really understand what's going on. Uh, then I'm going to, I'm going to enter the realm of uh, Bill Lamberty and our sports information directors. <laughs> and it's going to be a lot about communication and, yeah. and how we get communication to and all this information to our student athletes because they all, they all, gather that information in different ways. And, you know, we've asked our coaches and we've included our, our coaches when we send communication to our student athletes, uh, we copy them so they know that there's a message there. And then we ask our coaches to whatever forms of communication or messaging that they have to let their student athletes know that they have an email because, you know, everybody on this call, we grew up with email, right? And, and there's a lot of our student athletes right now that don't even use email. And so we, we're making sure that that's the best way for us to communicate. So we're having our coaches say, hey, check your email. There's something that just came from the department or it came from the university and you need to read it. And so 
a lot of this is going to be making sure we're doing everything we can uh, that all of our people are getting as much information uh, as they possibly can. And again, going back to making decisions in the best interest uh, of themselves, that they put themselves in the best possible position to be successful as we finish out this semester. So much of athletics is about overcoming challenges and adversity. This challenge and adversity, it's so crazy because the, the it's so widespread, but in a certain element it seems as if instead of trying to be competitive against your peers and do things better than them, you guys now all have a chance to work together. So, I mean, what's that dynamic like, the fact that everybody in the league has now this exact same challenge to try to overcome? I think you hit the nail on the head, is that, um, you know, we can take a look around the country and with our peers and and see what they're doing and what's working um, on each campus and within each department. And we can collaborate on, uh, you know, how that's going to work here, if it would work here. Uh, one of the things I was talking to Bill about was, I'm fortunate, you know, I worked with, uh, I have a great staff that's very flexible, very fluid, especially in this situation. We worked with on a great campus with great leaders um, that are very responsible and responsive to these things. And so I feel very comfortable with, with where we are and kind of the team and campus setting to be able to do the things we need to do. But I, I'll take it a step further and say I, I've been really impressed with uh, our Big Sky ADs and member institutions and presidents on how well we've worked together to make sure that we are doing everything we can to ensure our student-athletes can still be successful at the end of the semester, especially academically, because, you know, we don't know how this is all going to shake out. There's going to be eligibility things, and as long as, we're doing the things and, and they're and they're passing the classes they need to pass and they're getting the support that they normally would get, you know, that's first and foremost. And it's been um, very reassuring uh, that we work in a great business with great people that have like values of developing student-athletes and, and making sure we put them in the right place to be successful. Well, Leon, we certainly appreciate your time joining us here. Leon Costello, the Athletic Director of Montana State and MSU, doing a great job with communication here on this one as well. We appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios. We appreciate each and every one of you out there. 
If you uh, would like to listen to the show on your own time, we respect that. Do it when you would like at your leisure on the podcast. Podcast available wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to it absolutely anytime that you'd like to. The Two Tail Nuanas podcast is available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. And also, again, want to remind everybody, officially, the full meal deal. All 10 episodes of the Grizz Greats Coaching Tree podcast are out and available. Most recently, as of uh, two days ago, Robin Selvig, the final uh, episode in the Grizz Grace Coaching Tree podcast series. So uh, you can go uh, catch up on all those. Binge listen. Is that what you're doing now? Is that the is that the thing the kids are up to? It, no doubt. Binge listening. I, I haven't heard that I, term I'm yet. Telling, did I just I'm did I just start though, something? Did I just start I'm a trend? I'm telling you though, this is the only piece of media that I've been involved in that I just am obsessed with consuming. Usually it's just, you know, you just become numb to it, especially when you've been doing this stuff as long as we have, as yeah. long as I have. And, you know, you hope that, I mean, when you get to the point where you do it all the time, the standard is to be quality all the time. And that's just what we always hope to be, no no doubt. But this in itself was such a fun idea. It was such a different idea. I'm glad that we could all put our heads together. Thanks to David Graff for coming up and facilitating this thing and for uh, basically ha- letting us have a good idea and then making us do it because that's the – that's the hardest part when you have great ideas is That's actually right. just doing them. But I'm telling you. He hasn't you, enforced my great idea of a restaurant with a whole kid's play area separately. <laughs> See, now, that's a, maybe when the, uh, when the pandemic passes, we can explore that idea. But yeah. I'm telling you, go listen to Grizz Greats because you will really, really, really enjoy it. I mean, the whole part of Wayne Tinkle from a couple weeks back talking about his time playing in Europe and what that was like. Going to practice and... Sometimes just being so infuriated that you walk out. Yeah. You just walk out Left, on your job. Walked out of pra- walked, walked out of professional practice. And he That's said, it. I'd come home and my wife would be like, didn't practice start 20 minutes ago? And she, he'd be like, yeah, practice wasn't going the way I thought it was going to go. I yeah. think we're going to be moving to a different country. Yeah. <laughs> but like Wayne said, right. thank God for Lisa, because if it wasn't for Lisa, he'd still be in prison somewhere in Eastern Europe. So, right. But you got to listen to these because the stories, the one-liners, all the stuff even if you think you know everything there ever was to know about Grizz basketball, you, you will absolutely learn you so don't. much from these podcasts. They're right. so good. These guys are such good storytellers. What was, as you guys like the Grizz, what was your favorite story that any of the guys told? I'd say mine was when Stu Morrill said he could hear the boos while he was jogging through Bozeman. <laughs> that's, like, we're never coming back here. That's right. That was really good. I thought... Jim Brandenburg saying the University of Montana. You got to remember, this guy is 85 going on 86 years old. He says, the University of Montana and Missoula has a special place in my heart. It was one of my happiest times with my wife and kids. It set the stage for my coaching career. I loved everything about the Grizz and being a Grizz. And Montana State can kiss my beep. You know what? And it was just so funny to hear uh, a guy that's in the later years of his life say that. I, the other Real? one, the other line that I thought, I mean, Blaine Taylor had five of the funniest lines I've ever heard. He, one of them was, uh, at one point, boys, I had one foot in the grave and the other one on a banana peel. <laughs> yeah, that was right. pretty good. But the greatest <laughs> line, and this is a complete bias statement for me because my father was a hard rock miner. He worked underground in Colorado for many years. Yeah. And Blaine Taylor said, oh, I think I'm tough. I'm acting tough. I'm not even acting butte tough. I'm acting like my dad's a hard rock miner. And it was just is so perfect 
The Blade Taylor one is a pure comedy show. Yeah. All of these are very, very interesting with elements of comedy as well. Well, when it comes to the story, I mean, Blaine Taylor's story about the first time he laid eyes on Travis DeCure, who was a, a kid he was going to recruit, but he was not even the head coach. I'll leave the story because I don't, I don't want to I'll ruin it if I tell it. You got it. You just got to hear it. But uh, it's pretty funny. And by the way, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think Travis DeCure addresses that story in his episode. And... Uh, Let's just say maybe there's maybe a couple of different versions afoot of what in fact transpired. So uh, you can you can go check that out for sure. If you want to have some fun Twitter entertainment, this is a plug for for just our fellow media colleagues. There Richie Melby works at MontanaSports.com. He took pictures of the best retro posters when he was in the Dahlberg Arena covering the state tournaments. Yeah, but there's the four best ones he made into a little pick stitch on Twitter. But one of them is the ninety ninety one poster. From Travis DeCure's, I think, first year at Montana. And they're all wearing white-on-white tuxedos with black bow ties. But it's just so funny because you look at Coach DeCure. First of all, he looks the same. Yeah, He looks exactly the same as he did 30 years ago. And it's just so funny because that was the coolest suit you could have worn in 1990. And he still wears the coolest suits you could wear. Yes, he does. He's just He's always been a man with impeccable fashion. Uh, I also, by the way, if you get a chance, you know, there's all of those posters are up of all the teams kind of as you walk down to the floor level uh, from the main like ticket level, the entrance level at Dahlberg Arena and the 860 or it was, I think it's the 800th win poster or, or uh, it's not even a poster. It's a placard or a collage. Yes. For, for Robinson. But if you take a look at that, there is one picture on there of coach Selvig, maybe in year one, maybe year two. And, uh, he has to, it's got to be a perm like there's no other way to talk about it it's he he it's not an afro it's a he went in and you had this done for sure type of deal so it's a great now for for probably the last 30 years of him as a head coach it was you know pretty standard you know kind of comb over look deal and, and then you know uh, but it wasn't always that way and it was it, it it's breathtaking it's breathtaking i'm finally old enough to know when you're young and you're you know you're dressing like you dress, and you're being trendy, you're doing whatever you do. Yeah, you, you never really. You always think I will never look back and think I was a dork. I'm just gonna be the same my whole life. Now I'm finally old enough to look back on when I was young. And David actually found this picture that was so funny. He found like my first headshot from my first newspaper job when I was 22 years old. Yes. I'm wearing like big diamond earrings and I got like edged up sideburns, shaved head. It's beautiful. It's it's hilarious. And I sh- I'm gorgeous. sure that I'm sure it's truly gorgeous. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that Robin Selvig looks at that picture of himself with a perm and is like, "Oh, yeah, probably wish I could have done that one." Well, more. the thing is, this is where I part company with you guys because I only ever look back and assume that there was never a cool moment in there anywhere. So if I happen to break through and I'm doing something great, which is unlikely, it's just going it, to, that will be the anomaly, not the assumption of greatness that I find to be uh, false uh, in retrospect. Oh, now we got a minute left, so there's really not time for this. Let's just say this. Todd Gurley's no longer a Ram. That's not surprising. It's more a financial issue, but I'm still so skeptical of that knee, I don't know what to say about it. Well, you shouldn't be, I mean, you're right to be skeptical. Yeah. There's not much to say about it. Unfortunately, I think... If you know the details of the surgery and the way that that, that whole thing went down, yeah, he's honestly been 
he's been pretty much it's been on the downhill except for this one little 20 game stretch where he caught lightning in a bottle other than that the thing has been killing him for well, one little 20 game stretch well, I mean, no, that's right. pretty good it I is a, it is it is but i just don't know if he really ever had more than that in him yeah. because it's just such a devastating injury perhaps uh more on this uh tomorrow and in the future it's to tell boys and girls will be back we'll wrap up the week with you tomorrow can't wait see you then Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.